Shabbat Shalom. Today our text will be from John chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Canaan in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. And the wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. And standing nearby were six stone water jars used for the Jews' ceremonial washing, and each could hold twenty to thirty gallons. And Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. And when the jars were filled, he said, Dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants, they knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. And then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you, sir, you have kept the best wine until now. This miraculous sign at Canaan in Galilee was the first that Yeshua did, and this revealed his glory. And his disciples, they believed in him. You see, Messiah Yeshua performed many miracles while he walked this earth, and I believe he still performs miracles even today. He performs miracles for two main reasons. The first being to meet or to fulfill a physical need, while the second is always to bring glory to the Almighty. The greatest of all these miracles being the saving of a man or woman. You see, salvation is the greatest of all miracles because it involves the complete transformation of an individual. Consider this. At the moment of true salvation, the Almighty reaches down and removes the uncircumcised, sinful heart from within a man or woman, and He replaces it with a new and receptive heart, a new and responsive heart. It was the Apostle Paul who calls this the operation of God, Colossians chapter 2. He then pours out His Spirit upon the individual, and He empowers him or her to do the work to which he has called them to do in this lifetime. He not only does that, but God also strengthens them and he encourages them and he declares them justified and holy. In Ezekiel, the scripture tells us, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And you will keep my judgments, and yes, you will do them. Messiah did so many miracles that the, the Apostle John wrote this of him. He says, And truly Jesus did so many signs in the presence of his disciples. And these are not written in this book. But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name. And there are so many other things that Yeshua did, which they're not written by this book. And John goes on and John says, I suppose that even 
if the world itself could not contain the amount of things that has been written about Messiah. Now in these lessons we will study the miracles of Messiah's beginning with this one in Canaan of Galilee. Now according to Jewish customs, a wedding feast or a banquet typically lasted about seven days and many guests would remain there for the entire duration of the week, abstaining from work and just simply enjoying themselves and sharing the joy of the newly found family. And many Bible teachers believe that Mary, the mother of Messiah, may have been related to the host family or simply she just was close friends. And while others believe that it was the disciples who knew the family and were invited and then in, in turn invited the, the master. Still, others believe that Messiah himself knew the family and he invited his followers. The only thing that is very certain about this invitation, it was made by divine appointment for that day. The story of this miracle has been taught and preached many times in our churches and in our Bible schools. And some have even used this passage of scripture to justify the sin of alcoholism which according to the scripture is still sin today. Paul warns, do not be drunk with wine, which is dispensation, but be filled with the spirit of God, Ephesians 5. Now, if the scriptures denounces alcoholism and does, so does the almighty God. Moreover, for the almighty to support or endure the, a person becoming an alcoholic and then warns his disciples to preach against such things would be the highest degree of hypocrisy and the almighty God is not double-minded as we know. We are not told how many days into this actual wedding banquet the wine actually ran out. But what we do know is that in Jewish customs running out of wine or even having a poor quality of wine at a wedding was a social blunder and a big nightmare. Think about running out of food in one of our modern weddings today. No one would let the host family ever forget that blunder. Likewise, in Jewish culture, wine was used often as a symbol of physical and spiritual joy as it is represented in the Old Testament. It is a symbol of abundance and, and future hope. So think of it this way. So running out of wine was a very, very bad thing. It simply sent a very bad message about the host family. Now, Mary identified that there was a need, and she went to the, the fulfiller of needs, the Messiah. You see, Peter tells us to cast all our cares and our burdens upon the Messiah, for he cares for us, 1 Peter 5, 7. But what was his response? Woman, what does that concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, at first observation, such a response may seem rude in our culture, but in their culture and in their time, it was custom and it was actually common and very respectful greeting. Now, granted, it was a little unusual for a Hebrew man to address his mother that way, yet it was still very respectful. One prominent Bible teacher reasoned that maybe Messiah Yeshua saw Mary more as a disciple than as his mother. He told her that his hour has not yet come, which was an allusion to the hour of his death on that stake on that cross, and when he would be glorified by the Almighty God. Now, but Mary should be seen in this incident as a model of faith. 
She's an example of what us as believers ought to do when we have a need or in a time of need. And when the problem arises and we ought to bring our problems, our needs, our concerns to the Almighty's attention. Not only bring them to Him, but whatever He says to us, that's what we need to do. Sometimes the given answer to us is not the answer we expected. And sometimes what He tells us to do doesn't readily make a lot of sense. Yet by faith, we must still take Him as His word and perform His will. It is interesting because archaeologists have found many things to su- support the setting of this um, of this miracle within the Old Testament and in the New Covenant. Now you see Hebrew communities of the of the New Testament era, they they have digged up, they have dug up, and they have found the presence of stone jars and cups. And in the rabbinical thought process, um, stone did not attract impurities, so the jars could be properly cleansed and reused. Now, these stone jars were important in Jewish customs or Jewish rites of purification, simply because customs required the washing of utensils, especially hands, before eating. Listen, in Mark chapter 7, we read, For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they have washed their hands in a special way, holding the traditions of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and there are many other things that they they have received and hold, like washing of cups and pitchers and copper vessels and so forth and so on. Now Messiah honored the Almighty's law, because we know that he says in, in Matthew 5, do not think that I come to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but I came to fulfill. But what he is against is when we hold fast to the tradition of men over the traditions of God. Mark, 5, Mark 7, 9 tells us all too well, you reject the commandments of God, but you keep your own tradition. Messiah was against letting go of the commands of the Almighty and holding on to what we know today as human traditions. And this miracle, what it does, it disrupts the purification customs and the traditions of men. You see, these six water jars were not for drinking or for holding wine or for drinking water. In the rabbinical sense, when it comes to um, numerology, six is the number of men. So while the six stone jars represented the condition of man in a spiritual sense, the stony heart of man is represented by these six jars standing there. And the stony heart of man is always in need of the transformation of God. Because whatever is in the heart, the Bible tells us, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Excuse me. He says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll take your heart of stone out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 26. Now, a good question to contemplate is when did the transformation actually take place? If we notice Messiah instructed instructions were to fill the water jars with water, which suggests that the six stone jars were actually empty. The servants would have to actually go and draw the water from the well, and because these jars contained 20 to 30 gallons, 
several trips would have to be made to fill them up to the brim, as the scriptures say. So when did the transformation occur? For a more personal application, let's apply to our lives. At what stage of the transformation are we today while we wait on our water to become wine? While we wait for our miracle from God? You see, for the transformation to take place, it took asking, believing, obeying, trusting, and action. The transformation of the water in these vessels demonstrates Messiah's power to purify, to transform, and to provide in a way that only the Almighty can. Likewise, His power to transform our lives demonstrates His authority, of His saving authority rather, and the power to transform, justify, purify, sanctify our human hearts even today. You see, in the natural, we know that table wine is typically prepared by mixing water with thick, syrupy wine. Messiah allowed these servants in this situation to see this miracle without any human effort. They saw only water was used because that's all Messiah needed. Because these jars were not used for pouring, the servants had to go provide their own reservoirs. These servants had to use the things they had. These servants were not only had to use the things they had, but they they had to make themselves available, willing and obedient to the instructions given by the Messiah. These servants, what they did, they became a part of this miracle. And our prayer as believers should not only be, God, please do this miracle for me, but it should also be, Father, allow me to be a part of the miracle of my life or the life of someone else. The master of the feast, he did not know where this wine had come from. You see, the master of the feast was the chief steward in charge of the physical needs of the wedding guests. Yet Messiah did not choose to manifest his power over the elements in front of him. He chose the lowliest of servants. They were the lowliest status at this wedding. But it was them to whom he decided that he would be the witness of the very first recorded miracle of the Lord Jesus. Paul puts it this way, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many are wise or called according to the flesh, and not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of this world, the things that men have or despise, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. First Corinthians chapter 1, 26 through 29. Messiah is looking for servants who are available and willing to use what they have to put a miracle into action. Now what we see is we observe that the groom who held the greatest status was about to receive the transformed wine, but he had no idea from where it had come. The master of the feast, he called it the good wine, the expensive wine. 
he recognized the wine's high quality, which gives witness to the greatness of this miracle itself. But he had no idea where it came from. And a need was met, and God was about to be glorified in this miracle. Scripture tells us that through this miracle, Messiah revealed his glory, his power, and his disciples. They began to believe in him. And we see this. But if we examine ourselves and see today what stage of the transformation process are we actually at? How many how many of us have been waiting on water to turn into wine? We've been waiting for an impossible miracle spiritually. Have we actually begin to listen to the Messiah? These servants had to listen to him and they had to take what he said and put it into action. They had to leave, they had to go get the, the, the reservoirs and they had to and they and they had to go get water. So what position are we in today? What stage of the transformation are you and I at today? Are we still waiting on water to become wine without stepping out in faith and trusting God? So our prayer today should be, Father, please help us to listen to your word. Father, please help us to submit to your word and to know you. And God, may we bring you glory and honor in all that we do. Bless your holy name for your good. May you be glorified. May everything we do this day be for your glory. Thank you that you're still doing miracles in our lives. And thank you that you're still God above all things. Now God, guide us and lead us as we move forward on this spot day. Help us to be better men and women. To be better fathers, better mothers, better children. And we ask all these things in the name of Messiah Yeshua our King, our Lord.